You're listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Singapore, Archbishop William Goh. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in today's first reading, the early church faced a blessed problem in the community. This was because the first converts to Christianity, they were Jews. The Jewish Christian believe that Christianity is a fulfillment of Judaism. And then we have the entrance of the Gentiles, the non-Jews, who accepted Christ and became Christians. And so the question that troubled the Jews was this. Should the Gentiles first be proselytes, that is, be converted to Judaism before they could become Christian? Because if they were not Jews, they would not belong to the people of God, the chosen people of God. And that is why some of the Jewish Christians felt that the Gentile Christian must first be converted to Judaism. And this became obvious when there was tension, especially when they had fellowship with each other and the Gentile Christians did not observe the Jewish laws. My dear brothers and sisters, the challenges that the early church faced, these are the same challenges that we are facing today as church in the world today. In the light of radical changes in society brought about by technology, science, mass communication, new philosophies, the mindset, the understanding of the world has changed much. So much so that many of us, even as Catholics, we are not too sure exactly what are the right values that we should uphold. Not just that the world is disagreeable with Christian perspective of the world in terms of morality, in terms of doctrines. But it is also true that even among ourselves as Catholics, there is division among us as to the way we view certain moral issues, whether it's abortion, euthanasia, social freezing of the egg, or the woman's egg. We have the question of LGBTQ, transgender, and there are doctrinal issues. Should the church allow divorce to remarry? Can they receive Holy Communion? So these are issues that are affecting the church today. And we have different views on what should be done to maintain the unity of the church. So there is friction even among Catholics 
with respect to all these issues. And if not handled properly, we might even have a schism. Doctrinal and moral disagreement, therefore, is actually not new. That is why already in the first reading, we have read how the Jewish Christian wanted to impose circumcision on the Gentile Christians. And of course, there was disagreement. And that is why they went to Jerusalem to seek for an answer as to how to manage the conflict, the potential division between the Jewish Christian and the Gentile Christian, breaking up the early church. Disagreement in moral doctrinal issues have a lot to do with our own perspective, our cultural upbringing, our religious upbringing, our own experience of the situation in the world. To give you a good example, for those of us who are dealing with LGBTQ people, those of us who understand them, there is sympathy. For those who do not, they tend to be judgmental. And same thing too for all the other issues. If you have heard the challenges of marriage life, those who are divorced and are single, how much they're going through, those marriages that are so divisive, even as a bishop, I feel for them. Of course, doctrine is one thing. Then we have the reality of the struggles of our people. How to manage all these. And today in the gospel, Jesus makes it clear. Those who do not love me do not keep my words. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we shall come to him and make our home with him. Keeping the word of Jesus is not as simple as we think. We might want to keep the words of Jesus because we want to make our home in God and God makes his home in us as we read in today's second reading as well. When God will fill our hearts. <clears throat> but trying to observe the word is very complex. Even if we as Christians believe that the scripture is the word of God, we cannot agree on the level of interpretation. Different Christians, different people interpret the word differently. Even that, we do not have unity. Some want to interpret literally, some contextually. Even in the practice of the word, even if let's say we agree that this is what the word of God says, putting into practice is also very challenging because how many of us today that to stand up for our faith, stand up for our moral beliefs when the world is against you, when people are against you, most of us, we keep silent because we are afraid that we will be victimized or even attacked. So trying to live out what we believe is also a great challenge. Because society does not accept the gospel values. That is why, my dear brothers and sisters, 
as we make preparations. This Thursday will be the Feast of the Ascension. And then we are preparing for the Feast of Pentecost, nine days towards Pentecost. That is why the theme on the Holy Spirit is very dominant as we approach the end of Easter. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to discern the signs of the times. How do we put into practice the Word of God in a manner that is truly what the Lord wills for us? That's why the Holy Spirit is our counsellor, as what we have read in today's Gospel, the Advocate. He's the one who will guide us. The Holy Spirit is the one who will help us to be in union with Him, in union with one another. If you are confused, just like the apostles, Jesus said to them, do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. If you are confused, then let us turn to the Holy Spirit to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to discern what the Lord is asking of you. And that was what the early church did. When they could not agree on the question of the Jewish law of circumcision, what did they do? The first thing, they went to see the apostles. And what did they do? They asked the Holy Spirit to help them to discern the situation. Get into the context. What was the context? The context was this. When they went to Jerusalem, the brothers told the apostles what was happening in the Gentile world. How the Gentiles were converted. How they received Jesus. Things were happening outside the Jewish world. And so, if we want to discern, we have to take note of the times. What is really happening? And that is why when the apostles heard how God has blessed Barnabas and Paul in reaching out to the Gentiles, they say something is happening. That God has even those who were non-Jews. That's the first thing. Secondly, St. Peter then came with a theological principle. He told the apostles, he reminded them his experience with Cornelius, who was a centurion, a centaur. The Lord asked him to see him. And he went to his house. A Gentile house, a Jew should not enter. And God said, it is clean, you just go. And he went. And as he was speaking to Cornelius, the Holy Spirit came now upon him. They spoke in tongues. And St. Peter was shocked. They were not even baptized yet. Then they received the Holy Spirit. And so St. Peter said, clearly therefore, we cannot control the sovereignty of God's love. It is grace. If God wants to give His grace to people outside the fold, we cannot say, hey, hello. Huh? Jesus, yeah, please follow the principles huh, of the Catholic Church. Huh? You cannot do beyond the canonical laws. God can do anything He wants. <laughs> he can go outside the laws. And that was what He did. 
And so, St. Peter told the apostles, if we ourselves cannot even keep the laws, why should we impose it on the Gentile Christian? At any rate, it is clear, we are saved by faith in Jesus and by grace, not by good works. Thirdly, then we have St. James who turned to the Scriptures. He says, you look at the Scriptures, the Scriptures testify that one day the Gentiles will come to be chosen as a people of God as well. So, St. James, actually, he cited the Scriptures and to show to them that actually the Scriptures has verified. So, it's very important, therefore, in the discernment process, you need to look at the situation, look at the signs of the time. Secondly, you need to come up with a certain theological principle arising from that, but that principle must be able to stand to scrutiny by the Scriptures. That means the scriptures should be able to verify what is experienced and the principle that is derived. But that is not all. Having discovered the truth, and it's good for you to take note. What did the apostle say? Accordingly, it has been decided by the Holy Spirit and by ourselves. It is not simply that decision, it is always in the light of of the Holy Spirit. And that is what all the, the whole synodal process, in case some of you do not know, or some of you who have been in this synodal process, is all about. We are called to walk together. The Holy Father tells us when you come for the synodal process, not to argue, not to fight about doctrines. We come together first to share our experiences, share our struggles, share our joys, share our frustration, share our encounters. No judgment. Then after that, but all this in the context of prayer, in the context of the Holy Spirit. And once we open our hearts to one another, we can listen clearer to what the Holy Spirit is saying and not become so defensive of our positions. Once our hearts are open, then together we'll find what the Lord is telling us. And so when the truth was made known, it's the way we communicate the truth. When they came to decide, therefore, that the Gentile Christians need not be converted to Jews first, what did they say? They say, we tell you, without reprimanding the Jewish Christian, they say, this position is not ours. That's all. Secondly, the truth is communicated with so much charity. And I think the problem sometimes is this. You might have the truth, but because the truth is communicated in a very harsh manner, people react. People cannot accept. Truth must always be communicated with charity. And that is what the disciples did. The apostles told them, first and foremost, they sent personal representatives they don't send emails, huh? no emails. Huh? They send a letter and send personal representative. Here, people not happy, send emails to the bishop. Huh? Well, complain this, complain that. Now, very easy, send emails. Ask them, can you turn up to talk about it? Oh, they won't turn up. Huh? 
Ask them to, you got a complaint, can we maybe come and meet these people? Oh, never know. But you look, they were sincere. They sent personal delegates to let the people know that is their position so that they can clarify things in a very personal way, not through emails, not through impersonal means. But that's the whole problem, I think. Huh? Sometimes we are so used to emails that we become very impersonal because we hide our emotions, we hide our identity under an email account. And that, after this, they say, please observe the essentials. Abstain from food sacrifice or idols from blood. In other words, although it is true that the Jewish Christian, Jew, uh, Gentile Christian need not be converted to Judaism, they have to be sensitive to the Jews, especially when they have fellowship with them. Don't consume food offered to idols. Don't eat blood from strangled animals. Out of charity. Not because it was the wrong thing. Later on, St. Paul would even say, food offered to idols, what's the problem? You can eat. But then he also say, out of charity to weaker brothers in faith, please don't scandalize them. Charity, charity. So my dear brothers and sisters, you know, if we follow this process, what is the ultimate? Jesus says, peace I bequeath to you, my own peace I give you, a peace the world cannot give to you. When you have the right discernment, the Lord will give you peace. The fruit of peace is certainly one of the manifestations that your discernment is in the Holy Spirit. When you find peace in your heart, those of you who are discerning, if there is no peace in your heart, it means to say that discernment has not been thought through or is not completed or is not in the mind of the Holy Spirit. And this peace comes about not because there are no more issues after we make the discernment, no more troubles, no more, you can say, uh, sufferings, but we will find peace because we know that is what the Lord wants of us. It is our union with the Father in the Son, in the, through the Holy Spirit, that is what gives us peace. Peace that comes from this inner conviction that that is what God wants of us. And like Jesus, we will share in his cross, in his suffering. And even if there are difficulties, there will be peace. Because peace comes not from the world. For the world, peace means no fighting, nothing that is not peace. Peace for us simply means to be always in union with God, in love and in truth. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring His Grace, Archbishop William Goh. This podcast is brought to you by Catholic SG Radio.